this May in Dubai. The BSV Global Blockchain Convention will bring together communities and unveil new breakthrough technologies. You'll be ushered into a world of collaboration and innovation where you can network with hundreds of expert practitioners, pioneer thinkers, leaders, professionals, and entrepreneurs. Learn from forward-thinking brands and startups. Discover functional applications that enhance end-user experiences and create value and utility. The BSV Global Blockchain Convention is your gateway to engaging with scalable on-chain solutions and building long-lasting business partnerships. Turn ideas into reality. Propel your business forward. Join us at the BSV Global Blockchain Convention, May 24 to 26 in Dubai. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Coinkey Quickly live stream. I am your host, Blurry Kurt Walker Jr. Uh, this is not to see these as human hands. This AI is terrible. Uh, <laughs> so uh, now I'm thrown off completely. All right, everybody. Uh, yeah. So welcome to the Coin Geek Weekly live stream. Please join us at the Not Coin Geek Global Blockchain Convention for BSV adoption by Bitcoin Association for BSV blockchain um looking forward to that in dubai at the end of may i will be there with a number of folks from the bsv ecosystem where we'll be talking about all kinds of really interesting stuff going on in the middle east region as well as globally it is of course the global blockchain convention after all uh and if you want to go if you want to sign up please send me a dm i have coupon codes and whatnot for all the lovely people who would like to come as my delightful guest please reach out uh i can get you special access uh you might even be able to shake hands with uh brandon ward or alex moon or maybe even becky legero uh <laughs> some of the other celebrities of the ecosystem uh i can i can uh show proof that becky is actually taller than me too i don't know if everybody saw the picture but becky is like six foot nine and uh, we, we took a picture in zurich that proves it but People keep telling me it was Photoshopped. I don't even know what that means. But uh, everybody, we're going to be talking about a whole bunch of interesting stuff today with a guy who just keeps seeming more and more like a good old friend from the Bitcoin economy. Uh, Richard Bose is going to be joining us in a little bit. It's funny. like We've had like this very casual relationship for a very long time. Like We just kind of chit-chat a little bit about Bitcoin stuff, like literally just every once in a while. And now it's, it's like he's one of my oldest friends at this point. <laughs> so um, it's, it's, uh, it's funny how that works, actually, uh, as, as we all travel on this, this Bitcoin journey together and all go bald together. It's, uh, it's been real exciting. <laughs> so, but before we go uh, to Richard, we're going to cut to the word of the day, sponsored, of course, by CoinGeek.com, but procured and managed by our dear friends at Slictionary, uh, that would be Jack Pitts and some of his other friends. Blockhead is the word slinger, uh, word, word bounty, bounty of the week. Uh, blockhead to me, actually, I'm, I'm going I'm to talk a little bit about what a blockhead means to me. Kurt Walker is cutting my, cutting my goatee off. So, uh, <clears throat> so a, a blockhead, I know what you might be thinking. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give a little bit of Harley-Davidson history. Harley-Davidson is the first American motorcycle company that exists in perpetuity. Technically, Indian Motorcycles is an older company than Harley-Davidson by like a year and a half. Uh, but they disappeared for a long time, and now they're owned by Polaris. But Harley-Davidson um, always had names for their engines based on how they, how they looked. So you had the pan head and the shovel head and the iron head and, and various others. But the Evo motor this is the longest standing motor in the history of harley davidson motorcycles it was available in a dis, uh displacement of 883 cubic inches or 1200 uh 1200 cc's yeah 883 or 1200 but that engine is called the blockhead uh and it's the longest standing some people call it the evo or the evolution uh but a lot of people call it the blockhead so to me when I hear blockhead, I hear the rumble of a Harley Davidson Sportster is is what comes into my brain. Now, of course, it has just been deprecated over there by Harley Davidson, replaced with the Revolution Max, which makes more horsepower at a higher RPM range. But 
to me, uh, the Evo, the blockhead is, is the signature Harley Davidson uh, note. So for everybody who's not in the U.S. and uh, doesn't hear Harleys go by all the time, sorry for boring you. Uh, they're like Triumphs or uh, <laughs> Ducatis or, or, or other things, just four times as loud and only about a third of the speed and also eight times as much money. So that's what Americans do with their time and money and <laughs> the motorcycle markets. So uh, maybe maybe I will make a, a blockhead uh, contribution and you can vote on on that so go check it out uh whoever whoever gets the most upvotes here in the in the selectionary gets 25 dollars in bsv which might be the easiest 25 dollars you make you could literally get this done in two minutes which if you uh amortize that out um you're making i think eight million dollars an hour at 25 dollars every two minutes so i'm really good at math also uh so let's let's bring that down go to selectionary uh fill in blockhead Everybody, um, yeah, I got it. This is this is good. When live from the beach? When live from the beach? Indeed. What the hell are we doing, Brandon? We don't even live far away from each other. We could get together and shoot this from the beach. We should probably do it before summer, before it's like a hundred. <laughs> so everybody, watch me melt in the sun. So uh, that's a good idea. We're we're gonna make that happen. But before we do, uh, let's bring in Mr. Richard Bose. We're gonna talk about his project. Coming out of the UK, uh, the Satoshi Doc, uh, Block Dojo folks. What's up, Richard? How you doing? Hi, Kurt. I'm okay, thank you. How are you? <laughs> I'm quite well. You have such stylish glasses. Have I ever told you that? You have not. Thank you very much for the compliment. <laughs> <laughs> I think I will see you. Yeah, well. No, that's uh, they're very cool. I like them a lot. I used to be a glasses wearer. I got the LASIK surgery, and now I'm like, I, I first of all, best like. 2000 or $2,500 I ever spent. It was incredible. Like my life has changed forever, but I liked buying fancy glasses and now I don't get to do it anymore. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, all right, let's, um, let's talk a little bit about your project. Then maybe we can talk a little bit about NFTs in general and kind of where the general market's going and why your project is different. Ninja punk girls. First of all, why the name? Why the theme? What's the backstory there? <laughs> <laughs> why Ninja Punk Girls? <clears throat> because they're ninjas and they're punks and they're girls. All right, all right. You like, know what? This is this is good. Does this come in the pamphlet with the NFT when you buy it? <laughs> directions. Directions and dosage. It's, yeah. <laughs> That's right, yeah. yeah. No, it's, it's prime real estate. This is This is real intellectual property. How did nobody corner the market on Ninja Punk Girls before? I have no idea. Where, where everyone must be asleep. <laughs> In, indeed, no. So, so really, let's let's talk about it. What what is the backstory? Uh, what was the creative process going into this, and you know, what can you tell me about it? Uh, it's the full title is the Ninja Punk Girls versus the Evil Aerobots. The Aerobots go back to my time in Tokyo when I was living in Harajuku, and I was living around a bunch of basement toy shops. Um, and I got into those kind of designer toys then, and I came up with the Aerobots. I was kind of looking for a vehicle <clears throat> to blow that up. Um, I've always wanted to make a company, like a toy company around the Aerobots. And the Ninja Punk Girls came out of, <clears throat> well, actually, it was a logo for the dojo that we never used. And okay. she's this. She's a, a friend of mine. She's called Marina. Oh, okay. And, uh, That's awesome. She was modeled on Marina. And then uh, and I thought, well, this, this logo is too good to waste. And then it just popped out. And I was like, oh, this is brilliant. Like, fantastic. Now we've got a foil for the aerobots and 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 everything flows from there. So my imagination knows no limits. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, they're, they're very cool. It's So they appealed to me immediately because I'm also super into Japanese culture. I've never been, um, mm. but I'm super into jujitsu, which is obviously mm. samurai martial arts. I got I got koi fish and oh, you can't see it because of the blur. But I got, I got wow. uh, here. You can kind of see the Oni, Oni mask. Yeah. Come on, pop out, yeah. pop out. Stupid. <laughs> All right. So, anyways, I so I, I I'm into the Japanese like art style, uh, the martial arts hardcore. My son's name is Ronin. Oh yes. Um, <laughs> so you know, oh. all 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 things. We're very much into samurai culture and and all of that stuff, uh, or as much as we can be as people from from the Western Hemisphere, obviously. And um, so immediately that aesthetic, it, it pops out as like, oh, man, this is super cool. And then adding to that, uh, one of our dear friends uh, that we met in the jujitsu community actually have become my children's 
godparents are super into uh, exactly like you said, the like the underground sort of toy store. And like mm. they always had like weird candies and all these toys that you could never find anywhere. And they, they would know all the spots to go get the real Japanese stuff. And so they had all these mm. little Japanese toys all over the house. And that's immediately what I thought of when I saw this aesthetic. And I, I just, I think it's super cool. So kudos, Richard. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's great. Um, a, a lot of the, a lot of the cultural stuff in the NFT space is, is super like buy my JPEG. Isn't it great? And then what? Right. So mm. <laughs> is this, is this something, do you have like a, an ongoing roadmap? Like is Ninja Punk Girls going to be the constant development? Like every year there's something big we're yeah. looking forward to, or how much can you share about the Ninja Punk Girls roadmap? Um, I can share more or less everything um, we've, we've come up with. I think, I mean, early on I pitched this as a Tekken style game. Mm -hmm. And if you ever played uh, Super Gem Fighter, which is a kind of a chibi version of, of Street Fighter. That was my favorite like version of the fighting games. That's yep. what I pitched it as initially. I think penny battlers are a big opportunity mm. and penny arcades and that people should be playing 10p against each other. And yeah. that, that model, if it works with digital cash, could potentially spread globally and be so big. I mean, if you walk around the arcades in Tokyo, you see how many people actually play real live, you know, coin-operated games out there. Oh, for still. sure. And it's like, well, we could be playing competitively for, for cash against each other, just small amounts of cash. I think it's a really beautiful model. It's a beautiful idea. People don't play games. They don't have to put 10p in a machine anymore to play a really, really good game. But, you know, there is that element of competitive competition that if we can squeeze that in there and if people like it, then it's potentially very profitable for our company, but also yeah. um, quite fun for, for the players. And I think that's a, you know, um, double whammy. Um Especially if it, you know, it shouldn't be too much to play, but it should just be kind of fun, like betting yeah, with your friends. Just something, right? It's like mm. when you play cards with your friends and like throwing a buck, right? You know, it's just, yeah. <laughs> just to have yeah, some yeah. sense in the game. That's right. That's yeah, right. for sure. And, and I love the, I love classic gaming too. So what's your, it, it's funny. I feel like you and I, who I don't think we've ever met in person now that nope. I think about it, but nope. I think we would get along quite fine, actually. <laughs> so <laughs> I think, um, it's funny because the classic arcade aesthetic really has made a big comeback as video games have migrated from like the console, which is, you know, still very popular, your sort of Call of Duty shooters and, and that stuff. But mm. uh, phones, cell phones have brought back much more simple arcade style gaming mm. and, and shown it to a whole new audience. And so <laughs> what's it like trying to design games that are, you know, a little more two dimensional, a little more like the games that you and I would have played when we were, you know, t like. Mm. Tod toddlers through teenagers, I guess. Um, I look. I, I'm gonna. I'm gonna dodge that bullet and say that we are. You know, we the, the cards are 2D. And by the way, as you yep. mentioned, we are. Do, we want to do the trading card model. Yeah. Now, uh, and just to give you an idea of the economics of this, um, mm. what I kind of pitch quite frequently is that we want to be the next next Dogecoin, and yep. issue a billion tokens for a penny each. Sure. But each of those tokens could be a card. And yep. each card could have, you know, unique scores. Mm -hmm. And then you get into this, you know, penny battling for cards and trading cards and stuff like that. So I think yep. that would be an ideal model to do. Obviously, we want to stagger the series so that the early series sure. become more valuable as the later series start getting published and it starts hopefully mm -hmm. taking off and scaling and people start buying into the idea. Um, but I think at the very top end, the idea of issuing a billion tokens for a penny each or a hundred million cards for a pound each yeah, is, so, kind right. of, is kind of the product uh, product timeline on that. But I'm going to dodge the bullet and say that all of that is 2D. Yep. And that if we, if we then expand into 3D to do a Tekken style game, then <laughs> the animation costs go down because you can just rig a single model and then, you know. Sure. No, no, no. That makes sense. <laughs> Well, and, and it makes sense, too, to start, you know, some of the some of the other games in the space. I think, again, just looking at what people are doing with NFTs almost everywhere else, mm. like most people are just selling JPEGs, which I actually like. I understand the criticisms for, you know, like, uh, why, you know, why is this JPEG worth, you know, four million dollars or whatever? Yeah. And I get that. Like, it is it is crazy. But art uh, art has always been a little bit like that. Um, but I like the add-on stuff. I like the games. And as much as um, 
I don't have a lot of time for gaming myself. Mm-hmm. You know, my mm-hmm. wife does catch me, uh, you know, staying up a little too late. And, uh, you know, she'll catch me playing, you know, she'll knock on my door. Hey, what's going on in there? Because she knows the computer's on and she catches me playing Duro Dogs or, you know, <laughs> play, or, or mm-hmm. you know just whatever, right? I'm playing mm-hmm. some mm-hmm. some game for for pennies and NFTs. I'm like, mm-hmm. it's, it's just funny. It's funny. I, you're, you're right. that just It draws you in. Just that little bit of risk and that little bit of play uh, there is is like, it just turns it into a completely different thing. So I'm, well, uh, I'm a big fan. <laughs> obviously, I'm trying to get them into Calvin's casinos. I think people should be playing with Ninja Punk, <laughs> yes. Ninja Punk cards instead of, you know, playing cards. Right. Right. These are all slot machine characters. <laughs> <laughs> um, but everything. Uh, uh, Dogecoin, Tekken, um, the scores, the upgradable stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So that's the. Sorry. <laughs> that's so the upgradable thing. I, I think a lot of people uh, have been surprised to see like add ons to NFTs. Mm. We've seen it in a couple of spots. Um, Let's hear it. I, I inspired I something. Gonna, I knew what I was going to say. I like the fronks. Have you seen the fronks? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I like. I love this. I, I love it. Like, I, I just can't help myself. Yeah. I'm just like, that's really cute and like silly mm-hmm. and like that's great. I love it. Um, yeah. And uh, so I, I totally, I totally follow you on 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 the on the liking the NFT stuff. And but yeah. but but I think you're right. You know, I, <clears throat> if they're not upgradable, then it's kind of just a one time deal. But I like the idea of putting property out there that you can then build on. Sure. Know? And and this idea that if people are playing cards against each other, they're winning the elements. If you know they might win the boots or they might win the wig or they might win the whip or something of their opponent, and then their score goes up and their card gets more valuable. And it's just like to me, that seems like a no-brainer. I'm like, yeah. oh, these are playing cards and we can do cool shit <laughs> like, <laughs> let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. What's the, what was the biggest challenge for you? Like trying to come up with, you know, actually getting the stuff rolled out and, and making these decisions. Like, did you go through like multiple artists or anything or, or was it all just like, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to put a team together. And it was all flawless. Like what, what was the journey? I'd love to hear any <laughs> uh, stepping stones or, or lessons that other people can learn. Well, first I had to find Craig Massey and start the Block Dojo. <laughs> <laughs> no big deal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, I had artists in 2012 making up the Aerobots. Uh, oh, wow. Okay. We couldn't do it on Bitcoin. We couldn't make cryptocurrencies out of them. We couldn't do the generative stuff. Yep. When NFT started coming out last year or the year before, the, 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 the penny kind of dropped with me. Although, to be, to be fair, like I was really thinking about this for a long, long time. Um, I think I can't even remember how the NFT stuff started for me, um, <clears throat> but it's just it was a long time coming on 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 BSV and RelayX was kind of the first the first kind of big breakthrough as far as I was concerned. Um, and then uh, obviously like Massey and the Block Dojo uh, was kind of the next stepping stone, um, and that was you know that's been an incredible experience. And then pitching the the idea to the dojo. Uh, and then getting they they gave me you know ten grand. It's part of the deal, right? Ten grand and twelve weeks training. So putting the team together was uh, finding a bunch of different artists who could do you know the 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 artwork. I actually yeah. did the graphic design and the the assembly of the the stuff. Uh-huh. And <laughs> I love doing that, by the way. And that's and awesome. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, <laughs> and I'm looking at it now going, oh, I could be better. Series three yeah. is going to be better. And series four <laughs> right. is going to be better. Yep. Um, so, and, and Alex, my technical partner, as you may know, Alex and I go a long, long way back. Alex was instrumental in organizing the first Bitcoin conference in the world ever. And it was here in London. And hmm. he has the dubious distinction of having introduced Amir Taki to Linux and Bitcoin oh as well. Goodness. So we have Alex to thank. <laughs> All <Amir>. right. <laughs> um, That's fascinating. But Alex has been brilliant because he's, you know, he puts all the software together and he runs all the, the, the routines and goes through all the different, you know, ways of putting the, the Ninja Punk girls together. And ultimately we're building software that will allow other people to put their series together. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we want to create a universe of playing cards, of battle trading cards. 
so that it's not just Ninja Punk girls and aerobots, sure. but it could be alien sushi or I don't know, <laughs> whatever you like, yeah. whatever you want. Absolutely. Here's a so, good question from uh, Brittany, the Brittany Bits podcast, which I'm going to endorse, even though she's not a sponsor here. So go check out the Brittany Bits podcast. Uh, <laughs> she's one of my uh, also becoming dear friends out there. Uh, although I've known her a lot less long than a lot of you, uh, Brittany, Brittany's really a star. So uh, go check her out. Asking, how did the first drop go and when might we see the next series drop, Richard? Hi, Brittany. Thanks for having me on your podcast. It was great. I loved it. <laughs> um, the drop went uh, quite smoothly and the reveal we did on Easter Sunday, which was like kind of a nice, like happy Easter, I think. Um, <laughs> and next series is planned for three months time. Yeah. Um, so I think what, what I'd ideally do is put out a new series every three months. Okay. Uh, and upgrade the um, the artwork and the weapons and the accessories and stuff like sure. that. Of course, it's all budget dependent, revenue dependent. Yeah, no, for um, sure. Investor dependent. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, and I must note that the workload goes up. You know, if it was just a question of releasing a new series every three months, I think that would be one thing. But yeah. it's about making our website really work really well, having the exchange sure. work really well, rolling out the app so that so that people can actually trade and battle the cards against each other, mm -hmm. rolling out the 3D battle game, doing other merchandising bits and pieces. There's lots of moving parts. But I think like as a general rule, I think one series every three months or possibly one series every four months. Yeah, is part of our product cycle something sure. that we want to really like makes sense. Maybe um, well, there, there's two things I'm really curious about. Some of it's like a little more of the granular technical stuff, but uh, one of the things that's curious to me is is like you just mentioned the the sort of investor side. Like, what's mm -hmm. it like? I mean, you're you're one of the major players over here in in the dojo. Uh, what's it like working with a serious incubator group? But then you have this project where you're sort of a client at the same time, like. Do you, how how um how many plates is that to spin for you at the same time and uh what's that experience like I'm just I'm curious uh it's challenging uh, I would say <laughs> that uh my heart and soul is kind of you know bound up with Bitcoin and being an educator and actually that's what I'm really quite good at is explaining Bitcoin to people and kind of articulating on why the other protocols won't work and things like that. So um, I think my role as an educator in the dojos is something that's super important to me. Um, yeah. I, and I've always said this about Ninja Punk Girls, is I want it to be an example of what you can do. I want the entrepreneurs outside to look at me and say, oh, look, that's a really cool, fun project. Right. I'm going to apply to the dojo with my cool, fun project. Yeah. And see where I can get, and for for the dojo for sure. to be that place of productive creativity where people come in and they they blow up their projects. So, I, to, to be frank about this, it's very it would have been very difficult for me to be just in the dojo management staff and watching other teams go through and not be doing things myself. No, for sure. So I kind I, of I, taking I think advantage. That's a that's a good thing. I mean, one of my criticisms generally about like venture capital, investment banking, and some of these other things is that it's such a like, it's a math problem, right? And, and a lot of the people that are very good at, at doing that game are people that just look at the, the risk reward and they're looking at it like a, you know, all technical analysis. But I think there's a lot of value, especially in, in the startup space, which is clearly where we're all at, to have a guy that's like, man, I'm surrounded by this opportunity and I, I have to go do my own thing at the same time. Like that indicates to me just, just, just how like really lucky people get to be, uh, to work with someone like you, like, Hey, I'm, I'm in business coaching and you know, these other things, like there's money tied to the relationship and all this other stuff. But like, also I'm going to jump in the trenches because I have this like art slash passion project that I have to get off my chest too. And like, yeah. that's, I just think that's incredible. So uh, I feel like I'm just giving you like a lot of praise in this interview, <laughs> so it, which is which is good because sometimes I'm pretty rough on people too with the with the show. So Richard, you're uh, you're I, a lucky man. <laughs> I am lucky. I am lucky. Yeah, yeah. And uh, thank you. Like I appreciate the the compliment too. And you're right; it's an itch yeah. that I had to scratch. And uh, yeah. 
I just hope that I can uh, make a you know real success of it and really blow it up into the thing that it it kind of it can be because it has so much potential and there's yeah. so much potential out there and there's so much potential in the technology. And the only thing that I would say is I occasionally question myself and say, why aren't I creating a data brokerage and selling you know <laughs> sure. like stable coin transactions at a billion per second or something? You know, I <laughs> like kind of yeah. like maybe I'm thinking too small here. And then the other side yeah. of me says. I want to have fun and I want my investors to have fun and I want my customers to have fun yep. and I want BSV to be a fun space. Like for I want sure. us to have some fun. Like it's been yep. heartbreaking for too long. <laughs> no, I, I hear you. And, and it's, it's, we're in a weird spot too, because you do, you have the, you know, folks like Calvin, you know, which, you know, Calvin's mm. the Calvin's company owns coin geek and all this stuff. And, mm. you know, he's very much like talks very regularly about like enterprise data management yeah. and all that stuff, which, yeah. Obviously, you know, like that's there's there's killer money there. Like whoever cracks that nut first is going to make a lot of money. But I feel the same way. I'm like, man, I really kind of like wearing like a t-shirt and and shorts yeah. and like if if I do my business the way I want to do my business, I can wear this on stage or at board mm-hmm. meetings and that, that kind of yeah. thing too. Yeah. And like it really is just kind of a decision you make with your life to say, "Hey, we're a serious business." Mm. And it's fun. <laughs> yeah. Our, 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 our business is fun. Like Jim Carrey saying uh, his uh, goal is to uh, relieve people of their concern. <laughs> and, and crypto is fun and silly and fluffy and it's, there's lots of, you know, craziness out there. And it's the yeah. crazy projects that, you know, blow up. <laughs> Dogecoin is the right. perfect example. It is. Absolutely. <laughs> Well, right so, now, another time. Oh, Dogecoin's going to be the money of the internet, you know. And it's like, you know what? <laughs> like, I, I, good, good on them, really. I mean, just the <laughs> the passion there to say, like, we are going to take a project that was literally created as a joke. Like the the mm. creator of the project said, "I'm gonna I'm gonna make a cryptocurrency, and it's just going to be funny." And like yeah. now, yeah. you know, and now it's one one of these things that people talk about. Like, oh, this could be a thing, you know. I mean, there's there are people at the largest hedge funds and stuff in the world saying. Should we be adding Doge to our portfolio mm, just in case? Mm, <laughs> like, mm, it is like what a crazy timeline we live in. So it's bizarre, isn't it? I think yeah. I find it strange. But I also I think like you probably, Kurt, is you know I have had all these ideas about tokens and uh, particularly generative tokens and things for years and years. And so the idea of having a billion permutations of a token, it's like <laughs> for me that's a compelling idea. I'm like. Yeah. Hmm. Is that is that a fungible token or a non fungible token? I'm not sure. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> no, it's it. There's a ton of opportunity, and and that's actually that's one of the other questions I wanted to ask. You mentioned you're you're basically handling the artwork and stuff like this. Hmm. What is the generative art process like? And this might not be a universal thing, but what's it like for you? What like what is it like to create the the sort of wireframe and then allow? <laughs> Bitcoin to do its magic and choose the various aspects of your generative art. Uh, well, it's not really Bitcoin doing it. Uh, it, it was more Golang doing it, and I, I, and I, yeah. we could get the uh, buyers to do the proof of work, and I think that would be ideal actually to yeah. get them running uh, some proof of work and doing the generation themselves. Um, and I certainly do want to be, <clears throat> you know, sort of premise this on the on being the crypto kitties of BSV. In a sense, like I want to be that viral product that brings people into the SV. That it's like a, a charm offensive, you know. It's just like, ah, like we're brilliant. Like come and come and buy us. You can't get us any other way. Um, I would li- like our customers to do the proof of work. The generative process for me, I have to be honest with you, is that I started this back in October. Um, I started putting the artwork together in the comp in the in the compositions that I wanted, and then the really frustrating bit was that I couldn't do the generative bit on my own. Sure. And then Alex came along and he was like, hey, I've been doing Golang for nine years. Like, let's, uh, you know, help you out. Yeah. And he put together the code that would let me run it and be like, oh, no, that's wrong. Like, we have to, like, rejig this and do that and, and then we run it again. And we must have made 200,000 JPEGs, I suppose. You know? oh, and we, we, only, we only released 3,000 in the end. It was like that, wow. that process of, like, once you've got the generative stuff going, it's really satisfying. Yeah, because you just get to see it pumping out and be like, "Oh, oh, what we need to," you know. Is there? Um, hmm. See, now I'm thinking like I, I used to collect coins quite a bit more hmm. than I do today, but now like the most valuable antique coins you can get are the ones that are like misstruck, right? 
So you get the mm. ones that are like slightly off center would be mm. worth way more than your crisp, clean one. So mm-hmm. that's got me thinking about those JPEGs that got discarded because they were imperfect. <laughs> <laughs> well, we did release some of the misprints early, early yeah. in the series, just as a kind of publicity sure. uh, thing. And um, the, I tell you what was quite difficult for me was timing the release of the, the series for the end of the program. Mm-hmm. And I found that I was actually conflicting. What I wanted to do with the with the product was put it out to market and then spend the, the the program marketing it. Yeah, but it sort of ended up that I was kind of in, inside the program and having to put together business proposals and 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 you know go through that process instead, which is a rather different process of seeking investor capital. And so then I decided to do the drop at the end of the twelve weeks. So there was a long lead in to Ninja Punk Girls, and I was <laughs> like, oh, it was a little bit painful. And I, yeah, no, I'm sure. Here's a, a good follow-up for Brandon for a little more clarity. Do you have to create all of the layers that can be picked by hand, or does the program do it by itself? Yeah, it is. Yeah, no. We we've what is Golang the, actually doing for you? We create all the layers, and then we put the layers in folders, and then we make Golang pick the folders in various orders, and 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 that sort of stuff. So it's you know there's a it, it's it's kind of like putting a Photoshop piece together, and you know with layers and folders. I mean it, it's. Yeah. And then you just run the, the algorithm again and again. But I think the nice thing is, what, what will be nice is, is pre- pre- presenting the software as a front end, a nice front end, so that you guys can put your different layers in, mm-hmm. drag and drop your PNGs. And sure. you know, it doesn't, they don't even need to make sense, really. You can just, <laughs> yeah. no, really. I mean, you can just put abstract layers in, and of course, then it'll create abstract generative art. And it's like, well, this is great. <laughs> you know? Interesting. Yeah, that's. It sounds like a ton of work, though. I mean, what's the? How many hours would you say you put into the art? I don't know. A long time. We, <laughs> you didn't like, keep a clock every time you'd you'd work on it. I think we sh- we could measure it in cider. It was probably about a thousand bottles of cider. <laughs> that's the most British answer I could pick up for that. <laughs> that's that's awesome. <laughs> So how many how many liters of cider then? <laughs> yeah, well, you know, a thousand liters, I think. <laughs> All right, man. I don't know. Um, no, probably not that many. I, uh, I don't know. Uh, Alex is a great a great cider fan, so uh, we certainly <laughs> got through. Rather than Spider Man, we got through. We got through. Spider-Man. That's great. No, you know what? And 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 again, like just just sounds fun, frankly. So yeah. very cool. Um, how do you? man, how do you keep it up then at that point? Like you're just that passionate about the project. Like this round two is it, you start with like a base ninja punk girl and you're creating outfits, weapons, backgrounds, etc. Like hmm. how, like, do you think you run out of mojo at this point or, or at some point, or is that what the cider is for? The, yeah. The, that's what the cider is for. And, 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 and dealing with the, the head fuck that, that, that Golang is, I think, or programming is, because something goes wrong and you just don't know what it is. Alex would sit there for hours looking, trying to figure it out. Um, the, the rare ones, by the way, are probably the ones without any clothes at all, if you can find them. And they've got such low scores. They're, they're like zeros and twos. I think I found one that just had a four today because she doesn't have any weapons. She doesn't have any clothes or anything like that. You know, hmm. So those are the kind of the... the, the Probably the rarest ones, um, and uh, yeah, and might have to remove some of them from circulation. <laughs> yeah, well, it's funny. Speaking of that, uh, yeah. I was I was mm. surprised. So I, I I was super into the Gopnik stuff. Mm. Uh, still am. I, I haven't become less into them, but um, the Slavets. I, I got myself a couple of Slavets, and mm-hmm. then I see in the Gopniks DAO there's a there's an option to undress your Slavette. And so naturally right. I had to see, well, okay, right. what is, what's this process? And like, you literally uh-huh. click the button and like, they are anatomically female. Let's, you know, oh. just, just clarify, which to me, it was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah. very interesting. Uh, it was a, 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 certainly a turn of events, uh, figuring that out. So, how granular, I mean, are, are you building organs into your Ninja Punk N- NFTs? So if they like no. lose a limb, well, you know, you see the proper number of bones that's inside really the forearm. Good idea. No. <laughs> no, I hadn't thought of that. And that, that's a Series 3 feature, clearly. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, there's a lot of options in terms of designing these NFTs. And it is quite maddening to have to, have to limit yourself to one pose, for example. 
Sure. You know, I had five different poses made up for the first first series, and then I didn't know what the hell to do. Uh, so you just had to choose one pose and build it all around that. Mm. Um, uh, I don't know if any of them got down to completely naked, but uh, I don't know. Uh, we don't have organs in there. I think just from the point of view of, I think the QR and then the URL is the most interesting feature because it will allow us to upgrade the characters as they are and make them into, you know, whatever we want, essentially. Um, yeah. Uh, da, 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 da. I, I mean, who knows how, how that actually progresses in, in, in real, in practice. Mm -hmm. um, I think one thing is obviously the company controls what's at the, the address on the card. And so obviously people are inevitably going to say, oh, it's not decentralized. <laughs> it's like, no, it's not decentralized. It's a product issued by right. a company and the company yes. ultimately controls what's on the product. But, yeah. you know, you're not going to trust the company if the company, I don't know, removes your score or something like that. Yeah, so, for sure. you know, we have to take that very seriously. Um, but in, in some ways it was, a, it was a question about how to deal with the different pro token protocols. There was Stas, there was RAM. Sure. There was all these different things, and we had to go, which direction did we take? And then I realized, you know what? We can do it on run, and then we can drop stas tokens on the QR code, so it can be interoperable. <laughs> yes. So let's, let, let's discuss that. What was it like? I mean, why did you choose to do run specifically? Was it simply because you wanted to work and do the drop on RelayX, or did you choose run for different reasons? And then... I would love to hear the thought processes across those different protocols for you. It, it, it was really, I wanted to drop something on RelayX right from the start. When RelayX, when uh, Art on Chain first put her GIFs on there, yep. I was like, I want to go to market on RelayX, but I don't want to just yeah. drop something. I want to do some real project. So it was always that case. Yeah. And then, of course, after the dojo got started, Robin is very keen and Bionex is very keen on Stas. And obviously, Calvin is a big uh, investor in Stas. So sorry, Calvin. We went to drop on Relay X. I'm sorry about that. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, um, we saw that Stas wasn't as functional as we wanted it to be. Mm -hmm. We saw that there was no particular uh, yet. Perhaps I'm not sure if Stas will become more functional in time. But also, there doesn't seem to be a mature marketplace for Stas tokens. Yeah. So uh, we didn't. I I don't feel feel that I had a choice. And as a product owner, I was like, no, no, I want to go to market. That's my first priority is to get something out there. Um, and I think if we had just launched on Stas and done it through our own website and stuff like that, um, I don't know. I mean, I think that's something that we can tackle in future. We can do tokens on Stas in future and do our sure. own website and do the. I want to do the hash wall, like Dean Little's hash wall on the. Yep. On uh, on on Rare Candy, I asked Josh and um, Randy whether we could launch on Rare Candy. Uh, <laughs> 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 seems to be. <laughs> I'd, I'd love to hear that story. We're having them on soon to hear some really? rare candy stories too. So if you want to get real controversial, it'll be uh, it's good good podcast. What can I say? Like I feel like here's the weird thing. Okay, all right, let me lay it out for you like this. Half of BSV are like we don't like venture capital. Yes. What? <laughs> what? Like okay, I really respect you guys for bootstrapping. Don't get me wrong. And you know, I know that if you, I know what it's like for suits to turn you down, to turn me down, like it's like horrible. It's like you guys don't understand my product. I don't right. want you anyway, you know. But so I can understand the the antipathy towards uh, venture capital. However, I will say this: venture capital and capital in general is bringing money into the Bitcoin SV space. And if you're a Bitcoin holder, ultimately the BSV holder, you want venture capital to come in and blow up enterprise projects because it will make the value sure. of your BSV more. So really, it seems a little bit counterproductive to be pushing the venture capitalists out of the space and be like, no, 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 no. I get yeah. it. I understand. And that's why I wanted to cross the line uh, over into the Relay X camp, do an NFT project, approach the consumer market. I'm all about raising capital in Bitcoin yeah, as well. And for I'd sure. love to do that. Um, and I think, you know, it's kind of clear that investors are <clears throat> NFT buyers as well. Um, so I, I, I ah, yeah, it's controversial, but it's kind of a storm in a teacup, isn't it? Sure. I think that's the thing. Yeah. And I think, as I said before, I, I want people to be creative. And, and, and the dojo is an amazing opportunity for people to be creative. Here, have 10 grand. 
do some cool stuff. Yeah. So like if we can get more people to do that, like I'm just, uh, you know, Fronks, let's get Fronks in the dojo. <laughs> That'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. No, I, I think that's, um, it's it's really interesting. First of all, you're right. Big investors are NFT people. Um, I went to a, an investor dinner in Miami like two weeks ago. And mm. these are the people that work at like the major Silicon Valley firms whose names you would know. And they were literally like, oh yeah, no, I'm like, I, I just flipped, I just flipped some JPEGs for, you know, and I'm just mm. like, oh man. And these are not like, yeah, they, these are boomers. These are dudes, you know, like gray hair and you know balding like they've, you know they're talking about their four kids and getting the oldest one into college and they're they're straight up trading jpegs on open sea and, and some mm. other places so it was like yeah oh okay all right well, i don't i don't have to start with the uh the blockchain nonsense conversation with these guys because right. they're they already got their metamask wallets and they're mm. invested in you know all these other things so it was really interesting to talk to them about some of the stuff that's going on specifically in bsv uh NFTs and everything, you know, something like Ninja Punk Girls, but we talked about um, uh, 1000 Blades, which is also a gamified NFT project. Yeah. And then, yeah. uh, and then Crypto Fights, which is the, hey, yeah, we mint a million NFTs a day inside of a game on, yeah. on chain. And, you know, that's, that's like the record scratch moment. Everybody at the table says a million a day. Like, how is that even possible? Like, they can't fathom it. Oh, really? And, you know, and so, so then you oh. get to open that conversation up, but Mm. I, I think you're absolutely right. I, I respect the Twitch guys, their self-bootstrap ethos. Mm. I've always been kind of that guy too. I mean, I've been a small business owner since I was frankly a teenager. So mm. um, you know, it's it's it is an interesting segue to move from that to all right, now we gotta talk valuation. And if I accept uh, you know, if I if I accept yeah. 250 grand from this guy, it makes my company worth, you know, eight million bucks on paper, but you know, just just all this other, you know, when when you start to think about value as a little more subjective than your, your typical, like, well, this is how much money we make and this is how much assets we have. Hmm. Um, but it's, it's fascinating to learn the model and see where people, uh, where people go with it. Because uh, I think for a lot of people taking that step past a small business is not something they're able to really do mentally until they have like good coaching, mentorship, et cetera, which hmm. is why I really like the idea of an incubator. Hmm. But have you guys? Uh, let's let's talk a little bit about some of the dojo stuff. Sure. Have, have you had that issue, like sucking some of these people out of their their mindset of being a small business and accepting help and capital and some of this stuff? Um, only me. <laughs> sure. The other the other entrepreneurs were very very. Uh, they took to the program very very uh, very well, like ducks to water, um, and made some fantastic pitches, raised some great capital already. Um, yeah. I do think there are mod models. Well, so as you, what's quite interesting about the dojo is you can come into the dojo with just an idea, and then spend twelve weeks working on the idea, and then pitch the idea. And so, as a consequence, and uh, well. There are companies which you cannot start without venture capital, essentially. Sure. I mean, or, you know, it's a lot of blood, sweat, and tears. Mm. Uh, and then you don't know uh, if, if, you know, how long you're going to have to work, maybe a few years before you find out whether it's a failure or success. Whereas I think if you raise venture capital and then you get into it and you, you scale some business, you can run at a loss for a long time. Uh, and then ultimately, uh, like Uber or something like that, eventually start turning a profit for your for your um, for your shareholders, I think Uber went eight years without turning a profit. Right? Yeah, something yeah. like that. Yeah, and it, so you can't do something like Uber without raising venture capital. And I think that really applies to the, the enterprise space in blockchain. If you want to be buying and selling data on a huge scale, if you have some idea for a data brokerage um, yeah. or a stablecoin or something like that, you just can't. You can't change the structure of society without raising a lot of uh, of investment capital. So. I just think that the the criticisms of, of VCs are misplaced in the Bitcoin community and the BSV space. I think that I, I think they do have some valid criticisms, and I understand that. Uh, but I, I just, uh, you know, I think ultimately, if we're creating, um, oh, there is one caveat, of course, which is the independent artists mm -hmm. are definitely to be respected. The guys that you know they put out their their. Sure generative NFTs and they haven't raised money or something like that, you know, and I, I, I really, really respect that. And actually I would like to do that stuff myself. That's what I was talking about doing the generative um, abstract art and things. I'm a, I'm, I'm an artist. I mean, that's, 
and an Uber driver. (laughs) For sure. So um, that's kind of my dream, really, at at the heart of all of this, is I want to be able to be an artist and photographer um, and and really have a, a, a business. But I just... You know, the brand, it's the brand aspect of the Ninja Punk Girls that I love and that, that era. Yeah. I just, I want it, I want to see it succeed. I want it to see it be, you know, give it life. <laughs> and I, I hear you. Like it is, it's, you know, very quickly a business becomes like a, a baby, right? Like mm-hmm. you remember when it was just an idea you had and then, yeah. you know, and then you see the artboards, then you, you know, sign the paperwork and all this other stuff. And it's like, <laughs> oh man, like not, now I'm responsible for this thing. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. It, it, being a father and and also being involved in a number of startups myself, like I, I, I understand, like it's very, uh, it can be mm-hmm. almost emotional. I, I'm, at this point, you know, Gorilla Pool is like seven months old right now. And I feel the same way. I'm like, oh, that's, you know, it needs this. It needs that. Like, it's it, it can't thrive without X. And yeah, I hope everybody else loves it the way it deserves to be loved. Yeah. <laughs> that kind of thing. So I need to join Gorilla Pool. I see your tweets a lot about about. Yeah, come about. come mine with us, man. Every Everybody, <laughs> in my opinion, so this is just a, a thesis that I'm throwing out there. If you have a business in BSV... Like have have one ASIC, have one minor, like contribute a little bit of hash power. And then like if we all did that, like it's, you know, it's, that's our vote. It's our collective community. Like it's mm-hmm. us all, you know, interlocked arms, Red Rover style. <laughs> I shall so. go and set up an ASIC minor in my, in my mom's hydroelectric. She runs hydroelectric off of the stream that goes through her land. How, how much power does she generate? We should be uh, having tiny, a more serious conversation here. Tiny, <laughs> tiny amounts, but enough to run an ASIC for Gorilla Pool, I think. I <laughs> like that very much. <laughs> that's uh, No, that's great. Here's an interesting question from uh, Tog. Kurt, any projects working on creating DeFi for BSV? Other coins have hundreds of millions of funding working on it. I understand it's extra hard because of lack of SDKs for the UTXO model. Uh, also looking forward to Gorilla Pool making PSV great again. So thank you. Um, I mean, there's Token Swap. There's the new RelayX uh, AMM uh, tool. But yeah, you're right. I'm, so one of the things, like, I feel like there are three things that all kind of go along with each other. And it's it's NFTs, DAOs, and DeFi are like the three major buzzwords for this market cycle. And we we do have all of them in BSV, but they're, they're largely disconnected from each other. Like there's not uh, like a singular token protocol and everyone is then trying to like, you know, one, one, one thing goes to the other. There's some exceptions like the Gopniks has a DAO, for example, and the mm-hmm. Ninja Punk girls, like you have a very nice, uh, you have your discord group and, mm-hmm. and all of that. So well, uh, we also How can we integrate? Is there a DeFi integration there in your mind somewhere, Richard? I, I hmm. would like to say, hey, if I can stake my uh, my Ninja Punk girls and take out a loan for something really unreasonable, can I? Hmm. No, <laughs> can I, do I don't something think so. Like I think that? well, we definitely need to do staking, and the reason for that is that if I'm playing a card against you, then I need to stake the card because if I don't l- lose control of the card, then you can never win it. So sure. we have to do staking. We have to do yep. staking in order for the yep. game to work. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of Ninja Punk bucks, we're definitely going to be issuing them as rewards to people. I think um, that is a smart thing to do. We want to do tokens of all kinds. Uh, is it DeFi? No, I don't think it's DeFi, but we do have a Ninja Punk girl SDK. So, you know, you never know what Alex is going to build with that. Like, it's probably yeah. going to be a full, fully functional exchange. I mean, that's the main sure. thing. We're actually raising capital on that premise as well, yeah. uh, of making an exchange uh, for cards of all kinds. Uh, and obviously, if the cards are extensible, then we don't know what kind of products are actually going to be coming through products with other products inside them. So for sure. No. And I think, um, oh, here's his follow-up question here. Uh, mm. right. Token swap and relay acts are AMMs, but there's nothing else. I'm thinking Ave, curve, stable coin lending, mm. et cetera. I'll, t- I'll tell you right now, like if you look at gorillapool.com, one of our coming soons is the gorilla decks. Now I don't know if it's going to be called gorilla decks, but we've got some stuff that we want to do. We would like to have some real proof of work DeFi uh, and not just the nonsense. Like I actually think that there is, is room for like legitimate peer to peer lending opportunities and, and some of this other stuff, like doing the work that the banks should be doing, 
uh, and basically can't. The problem is, is finding the right way to do it uh, in such a way where I don't end up in, in Thai prison with Alex, but <laughs> uh, Alex Moon, that is not your Alex, but, um, but no, I, I, I think well, these is in Thai prison too. So <laughs> these damn British Alex's man. But, uh, but no, like, I think part of it is liquidity, more, more, probably more than anything. It's liquidity. Like, why create a, a DeFi platform or a DEX or anything if ultimately, you know, the people in the economy are all people that just have a few thousand dollars each? Like, you need to have the opportunity for somebody to make millions or X millions in uh, in liquidity. But actually, TokenSwap has, like, millions or tens of millions in liquidity on the platform. Just the tokens don't do anything. So it's like, it's one of those things where it's like, you kind of need everything at once. Uh, to get it going, but uh, I will tell I will tell the world right now. Uh, Gorilla Dex is is looking to solve a number of these problems, but it's more of a phase three thing for Gorilla yeah. Pool right now are too. We, are we going head to head? Because I've got MP Gex as well, it, Ninja Punk Girl Exchange, and by we, the way, they should be completely interoperable, as I see. <laughs> so, <laughs> and by the way, this is tradition, right? Because Mount Gox was Magic the Gathering Online Exchange. It's true. Gathering cards. Yeah. So, no, I like it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's uh, sorry, make make Gox great again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Well, there's the, the obvious problems with that, right? As uh, oh, but what I was going to say is, um, I don't know about DeFi say for MPG, partly because we are raising SEIS funding, and part of the stipulations for there is that we are we we can't create financial instruments. And I think that's fair enough. Yeah. So, you know, we are not creating financial instruments. We're creating uh, trading cards for games and we're doing reward tokens and things like that. But I'm pretty sure that we're okay. But there is a fine line there um, and it kind of prevents us from doing uh, DeFi stuff. But mm-hmm. I have been a very strong campaigner for getting a stable coin into the dojo and getting a digital identity solution into the dojo. Um, and I can't reveal anything at the moment, so have what I say. But yeah, I'm, I think we are getting getting there, yeah. and um, I'm not sure whether whether we are on stable coins. But yeah, I think that is a huge, huge, huge opportunity. Um, and uh, working with a bank here, obviously, like a central bank, in order to get those tokens out is a crucial thing. And a part of that is finding a product owner. But the dojo is actually a pretty good environment in order to create those real sure. Real uh, products. No, absolutely. Well, and and that's that's one of those things too. Like creating a stable coin market and allowing some of the stuff to be created. It's a lot of moving parts. Uh, but you know, whoever whoever really does it right in a way that's scalable and has a lot of liquidity, um, and there's there's a lot of money to be made right there. So we got. Yeah. Uh, let's see. We got uh, TOG. Uh, seems Bored Apes Yacht Club company has no problems creating complicated DeFi metaverse stuff and launching a security token legally. Um, part of it is right. So they probably broke a number of, ex- of uh, securities laws in the creation of things, and then they're able to hire lawyers and do this. You know, it's it's again like we started. We started in a place where we were very unpopular, and I wouldn't say that we've become more popular in BSV necessarily over time. And, and so we don't benefit from the hype train, frankly. So um, I'm I'm a big fan of of doing stuff in gray markets, like do things that maybe there isn't a regulation for. Like it's a gray area, and then you can debate it. You can pay the fine later if you know ultimately the SEC comes knock on your door. Because you made a ton of money. Like, that's not a bad trade, frankly. Like, ah, oh, shoot. Yeah, here's an $8 million fine out of the few billion dollars I made. Like, sorry. <laughs> so I, I'm going to be more careful than that. I think the, the board eight made a lot of money, and you're right, they can hire lawyers. Um, but, and, and mm, what they're doing with their money is quite fun, but their products aren't really that fun. And I think yep. that you can do fun products. And what it, what is really interesting here is people say, oh, well, DeFi and games don't actually mix. And I think that may be a fair comment. But, Maybe. you know, a coin-operated arcade where you put 10p in and play against your friend, that that works. That worked for right. years, and it'll work in, again in future. 
And it, that is a very straightforward business. It's a business. It's not DeFi. It's not, you know, staking right. in return no, for rewards for sure. or taking loans. Or, you know, yeah. da, 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 da. So one of the I things, it, it, funny, I, I actually mentioned this to you before we went on here, but I'll tell the people listening. I went to a party that was held by a DAO that what they are doing is is board ape backed mortgage. So <laughs> you you stake your board apes and they give you money to buy luxury real estate essentially. And so um you know that that to me just like it strikes me as crazy and this is the problem with something like board apes where something is like massively overvalued largely because the money is is soft and everything else people are looking for ways to trade up and and all of that. So the problem is, is that like that kind of thing can't last forever. And as much as I like the board, you know, again, I'm I'm pro JPEG. I like just generative art because it's generative art. Like it doesn't yeah. have to do anything else but be cool, mm. and that's okay. So I'm not criticizing yeah. the, the board eight people or anything necessarily. But I think the DeFi and some of the other stuff that's based on it is like, and that's really unwise. Like having a JPEG back mortgage is a really really unsafe <laughs> thing to have in your portfolio. So like. Yeah, I just I feel like we can do better, you know. Like this is not it's not hard to do better. It's I agree. It's, it's difficult. Like there's there's steps that need to be made, but we we don't have to be just completely just super super risky and sort of degenerative. Like just the the sort of like yeah, I don't know, man. If 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 the value goes down, they're just going to margin call my house. Like it, I'm not into that. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but if you got the cool ideas, people like this is for the audience. Like you got a thing, like man, ask the economy. Like give them the opportunity to give you their or give yeah, give you their money. Like that's that's every venture though. So mm-hmm. just don't be uh, don't be shocked if it's um, you know has its own consequences, both good and bad. Like <laughs> is is what it is. So <laughs> we got. Um, uh, Brandon Ward sending me private messages. Man, I just realized we're like two and a half minutes to, to the end here. Okay. Closing yeah. thoughts, Richard? Anything you'd like to point yes. people toward or say thank you? Of course. Oh, well, thank you, Kurt, for having me on, of course. For sure. um, what, what I want to say, two more things, is QR and XR. Can you imagine you have your little card there and you, you're wearing your glasses or you're looking at it with your phone and you've got your 3D doll that's like on top of the card. So like... Digital toys and digital dolls, that's what we are, ultimately, a digital toy company. Uh, And digital dolls can replace plastic toys. Digital toys can replace plastic toys, so we can be ecologically friendly. So that's a huge thing. And obviously, you can take your toys into games with you and play in different games. I want to do that. Uh, the other thing is point people to, yes, the RelayX market. Oh, come to Twitter, at NinjaPunkGirls. On Twitter, and then you can follow the link and come and buy come and buy as many JPEGs as you can. <laughs> there's so many Ninja Punk girls as you can, and oh, and there's Ninja Punk girls, and there's also Aerobots. There are five tribes of Aerobots. There are the Ginza Grinders, the Harajuku Hackers, the M- M- Meguro Maniacs, obviously, the Minato Marauders, and the other ones which i forget but there's also ninja punk girls so there's actually there's five tribes of robots one tribe of ninja punk girls and and uh and what else and the scores <laughs> stuff <laughs> cool stuff there's, there's golden uzis in there so yeah come and buy the come and buy the nfts there's only three thousand left <laughs> no that's that's awesome <laughs> Richard, thank you so much. I appreciate you. Looking forward to. Uh, are you going to be in Dubai by chance? I'm hopefully going to be in Thailand over Dubai. Over the Dubai thing. Right. Uh, I need a holiday from London. I, yeah, I don't. I don't blame you. But not Thai jail, preferably. Yeah, well, yeah, that, that's there. on you, man. Don't so, don't get yourself in trouble over there. I'll go visit Alex. <laughs> yes, and bring him a fruitcake from me. <laughs> so, all right, Richard, I'm going to let you go. It's been really good to chat. Nice to see you. Thanks, Kurt. Thanks for yeah. having me. Take care. Bye-bye. So <laughs> I I think the Thai prison story just keeps getting better. So everybody, send, you know, send care packages to Alex Moon. <laughs> um, all right, everybody. Let's uh, actually, let me, I'm going to answer a couple of questions here real quick. CubeMint, what's the most active BSV NFT APIs run by by a wide margin? So if you go to relayx.com or relayx.io, um, 
check check the stuff out there. Uh, Fabric also has some good stuff, uh, but it's on the SFP protocol, which is not nearly as popular as Run. However, they do really nice stuff for like sort of fine art. Like when you see people selling like oil paintings and some other stuff, like they've they've done more of a niche like that. Whereas Relay is a lot of the generative and um, uh, then rare candy, rare candy seemed to be the biggest drop. So if you want to make large amounts, because there's like very finely curated art, uh, that's kind of the rare candy niche. Um, and they're, they're really good at the hype. So there's a lot of stuff there. Um, that's, that's about the best advice I can give you, uh, right out the gate. Uh, I'm trying to build on BSV and having a hard time finding active NFT API tools. So I'm going to point you toward the Bitcoin Association. Bitcoin Association has created a Discord group for the entire BSV system. There's developer-related channels. There's NFT. There's token protocol discussion. There's all kinds of stuff over there. So if you join the Discord channel, which I've retweeted, I'm sure it's on uh, the Bitcoin Association's Twitter and some other places, go join the Discord. It allows you to uh, communicate with people that are doing this kind of stuff on the regular. And then you can meet developers, meet artists, and some other stuff. I've also curated some lists. So if you want to check out my personal Twitter, that's Kurt Wickert JR, uh, you can just click my lists. I have a few public lists, and one of them is uh, something to the effect of, of artwork, um, like artists and creatives. And uh, those people can give you some guidance too. But basically everything in the BSV economy, as far as NFTs, is, is happening at Relay, Rare Candy, Fabric X, and then there's also the show ecosystem, but that's only used primarily by our, our Chinese uh, compatriots over there. Uh, so it's the ShowBuzz app, ShowPay, and some of the other stuff, the Metabots, and some of these other things, So which are also very cool, but it's very um, Eastern market focused. So if you want to be selling to Europeans and Americans, probably really acts a rare candy if you want to do them yourself. But if it's something a little fancier and you want some like higher level curation and stuff uh that's, that's very much a fabric x sounding thing so that's the best advice i can give you um let's bring up that word of the day one more time mr ward let's go brandon there we go blockhead everybody uh wanted word slinger to find the word and win the money blockhead i, I may sign off and i'm going to explain the harley davidson evolution motor uh on slictionary and why it's called the blockhead so uh, everybody, thanks so much. I appreciate you very much. You know what? Let's uh, real quick. Nathan Saunders asking, what is banana stack? Hmm. <laughs> uh, coming soon. Um, we are building a gorilla pool SDK in partnership with some other people in the ecosystem who you may not have heard of before, but uh, it should be um, basically it's an app application, uh, it's a development kit that will give you all kinds of tools to launch your own blockchain powered websites, including wallet management, key management, UTXO management stuff, uh, as well as, you know, simple, like copy paste NFT protocols and some of these other things. So you can build your own apps this is something we need, uh, need to be doing. Uh, I'll give a shout out to a couple of people that are building, uh, some of the pieces of it. That's the project Babbage people. It's Ty Everett, who's been a guest guest here on the show. And then upcoming guests on the show uh, are the people from Gate to Chain. And so we're working kind of with both of them to like piece a few things together and ultimately give people toolkits to build the, the cool stuff that they want. Uh, and our curated stuff is going to be called the Banana Stack, because why not? Uh, Mort, any comments on the new 0 0.05 SAT per byte fee rates and impacts? Uh, yeah, a lot cheaper transactions. Uh, I don't know that the, the economy was necessarily begging for it, but it does make the case for us to be doing much bigger data application stuff on BSV. So go ahead and um, go ahead and talk about it. <laughs> so no, really, uh, go, go sell a bigger data thing. 80% 80, 80, uh, 80 reduction in fees is, is, is a huge amount of fees less. So it makes it much easier to build bigger blocks, which is very cool. Um, we, we've been testing it. We've actually had a couple of errors on it and we're tinkering, uh, over at Gorilla Pool anyways, but our Mappy shouldn't require a specialized token to receive a 0.05 SAT per byte transaction. But please, if, if you try and you get a bug, please let us know, uh, cause we're trying to work that out. So I'm going to wrap, uh, we're about five minutes over now. I'm Kurt Wicker Jr. This has been the CoinGeek Weekly Livestream, and I want to say thank you to everybody who makes this show possible. Uh, Brandon Ward for jumping in and being the co-executive producer of 
the universe, uh, as well as Alex Moon. Good luck out there in Thai prison. We are sending prayers and fruitcake. And also, um, I want to thank my wife and kids. I, it is my daughter's birthday tomorrow. I have a 420 daughter. So happy birthday, Molly. She is one year old uh, tomorrow. Uh, but we had a little party for her today because uh, it worked out for everyone's schedules a little better. And uh, and also to my son, Ronan, who I hope is taking a nap on his way home from swimming lessons. <laughs> but uh, who else? Who else deserves thank yous? Pretty much everybody on the CoinGeek team. You guys are awesome. And it's always a pleasure working with all of you. But last, not least, you, the fans. Thanks for watching the show. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you for all the comments. I appreciate it very, very much. Don't forget to be good to each other. I'm Kurt Worker Jr. signing off. Good day. This May, in Dubai, the BSV Global Blockchain Convention will bring together communities and unveil new breakthrough technologies. You'll be ushered into a world of collaboration and innovation where you can network with hundreds of expert practitioners, pioneer thinkers, leaders, professionals, and entrepreneurs. Learn from forward-thinking brands and startups. Discover functional applications that enhance end-user experiences and create value and utility. The BSV Global Blockchain Convention is your gateway to engaging with scalable on-chain solutions and building long-lasting business partnerships. Turn ideas into reality. Propel your business forward. Join us at the BSV Global Blockchain Convention, May 24 to 26 in Dubai.